the other day I was I don't even remember exactly where I was I was I was I was walking somewhere and I can't even remember exactly where it was but I saw one of those two person strollers right and uh you know you could put twins in maybe you just got two fresher nuggets that need to go in there uh I mean babies when I say nuggets by the way not like chicken nuggets I don't think you'd put those in the stroller regardless anyway I saw the dad walk, you know, with this with the two-person stroller, and then it only had one baby in it. And I kind of I thought nothing of it at first, but then I stopped and I was like, no, I have questions. What what's with this? The, and this is expressing my my worrisome brain in, in nature. I wasn't thinking about it from a funny standpoint. I was thinking about it from a worried standpoint. I was like, where's the other baby? I, you know, I, I didn't understand if if possibly he has only one baby and, and he bought a two baby stroller. I don't understand if that's the cause. Maybe it's there's no way that two baby stroller is cheaper than a one baby stroller. Uh, maybe it was regifted to him, and you know, maybe he thought he was gonna have two babies, and that's sad. If he didn't end up having the other baby, I don't know what would happen. Maybe you know he thought they were gonna have two babies quickly and they didn't have two babies. I don't know. Maybe oh, I just thought of this. What if he didn't know? That there wasn't the other baby in there. What if he was just walking around with one baby? And if I stopped him and I was like, sir, why do you have a two baby stroller and you don't have the other baby? And he's like, what? And he looks down. Oh, my God. I'm going to ask next time if I see that where the other baby's at. It probably is just at home, you know, with its mom or something. I was just thinking about that. So if you ever walk past me and you have a one baby and a two baby stroller, you know, just humor me and, and, and uh, explain to me why. Let's go ahead and start this thing up. Welcome. Well, welcome, welcome to episode two. We did it. We made it. It's happening. You know, that's, I gotta admit, that's the best thing about doing your own podcast. Nobody can cancel you. It's up to me. You know, even if I have negative listeners, I don't know how that would happen. Maybe, I guess, I don't listen to it. Then there's, then technically nobody listened to it. But... We're here for episode two. I'm excited. We have a good guest. Uh, I, I bring on Luis Medina, my coworker, bringing on another coworker for the second episode. Uh, they can't say no. You know, I feel like it, things would be awkward in the workplace in the group chat. So uh, I bring him on. We, we're going to talk about a lot of fun stuff. If you listened to the first episode, I want to say thanks. Uh, had a good amount of listeners. Was relatively surprised. And uh, if you're back to listen to the second one, great. Thank you. If you're new, welcome. Have fun. Uh... This is a good conversation. I think you'll enjoy it. We talk about a lot of key stuff. Only thing I'll point out, uh, the audio sounds a little bit different than this traditionally. We uh, just recorded a call that we were on, so uh, it'll just sound a little bit different, but nothing to worry about. Uh, you can still hear everything fine. So there you have it. Enjoy it. I, I, I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're joining me. And uh, I want to talk about a lot of fun stuff. There's uh, The first thing I kind of want to get into here is is it just easy because there's some people out there who are hardcore college football fans don't care about the nfl or vice versa and uh or we, you can do it for college basketball too i think it's probably it might actually be i don't know what it's stronger for because there are some hardcore college basketball fans and then the people that don't watch the nba and what do you think why is there a dichotomy between the two of people who love one so more than so much more than the other because for me i, I and i think generally I love sports as a whole, so it, it, there's not one that I prefer. I would say I strongly prefer over the other, but why is there that mix between, you know, I love uh, college football, don't love the F's and, uh, the NFL. I, I love uh, college basketball, don't love the NBA. Uh, I, I just think it's interesting that, that some people are so hardcore one way or the other. 
how much time are you giving me on this podcast? Yeah, no, I know, I know <laughs> there's a lot that goes into that, but I just think I think about that a lot because there's people who, uh, who so who so strongly care about one. And when you look at uh, college basketball, for instance, I mean, yeah, you have something like March Madness, and a lot of people will say that March Madness is you know one of the best uh, you know playoff uh, playoffs for any sports and. Uh, they, and they love to go watch that. So maybe that's the reasoning. And then you have, uh, you know, I don't for college football. Some people just like the energy of college football games versus the energy of of NFL games. Yeah, so I guess. That. Yeah. There's, so, there's there's a lot of factors. There's the energy like college football and NFL games have a totally different energy. Um, crowd chants, crowd noise. You know, you got 150,000 people at Michigan Stadium and in Georgia and in Texas. It, it's a different energy. Now there are people who like college sports over pro sports because of the amateurism aspect that, you know, these guys aren't paying for a million dollars when the coaches are, you know, there's, there's that aspect. There are people who like the NFL over college because the kids are too stupid to know how, you know, the pro game works. And I, I want to see the professionals do work. There are NBA fans who don't like college basketball because they don't like the elongated shot clock or the, the shorter three point lines. They think, uh, competition is is watered down. Um, yeah. Some people don't like NBA super teams, but it's weird that sometimes the same people who don't like NBA super teams like their college <laughs> team to have like five All Americans. Yeah, that's what I think is is, and that's probably the philosophical standpoint of all this that I think is better to look at rather than getting into the technical like you know oh they don't like how uh, they don't like the shot clock the difference between that or they you know they don't like how the game itself is necessary necessarily played. I think the idea of the amateurism is important. I think some people like, and also you brought up, you're not going to root against these kids, right? Like I think there's, there's some, uh, there's some aspects of these people like how, uh, you know, they, they like how these are just these young kids going out there trying to have fun and they're going to do whatever it takes to win. And sometimes you don't have that in professional sports because they've in many ways have already made it. And so I, I think that there is definitely a difference. Uh, there's obvious, a clear, obvious difference in appeal uh, between the two. But uh, I think if you just like the game in general, the way I look at it sometimes is obviously the pro game in both is so much better played than, <laughs> than either college football or college basketball. Also, so I, think, I think there's some, I think one thing that's, that's a factor in this is that if there is a bad NFL game going on, there aren't too many options to go elsewhere, but if you've got, so I was, uh, I was out at a, where was I on Saturday? Uh, a, a baby gender reveal party. And we were okay. watching, uh, we're watching college football and like it was Michigan state versus Arizona state. And that game, that game was dog bleep, man. It was off, yeah. <laughs> but like we we're flipping around channels, looking for a good game, looking for a good finish. Like we didn't, we weren't beholden to one game, like the Northwestern UNLV game, that game stunk. We, we tried moving around from game to game. But, yeah. like, on an NFL Sunday, there's only 16 games. I remember when I worked at the Tribune, and I worked Saturday nights, and it was college football day, I didn't like this game. I'd ask Joel Boyd, who was our college football guy, like, let's find another game. Let's let's find something that's, you know, that'll keep our interest. And, and, and he, you know, we'd always keep George on because he's a Georgia guy. So, but, yeah. like, Joel always found us interesting, especially late, man. When I used to work the real late nights, I'm just like, man, Joel, what can I watch while, while I'm here trying to get through my night? And he'd, he'd, he'd have my back. He'd always have something. There's always something else to watch. I mean, well, you got 300 college 
basketball yeah. teams and 150 something Division One football teams. Like, there's always going to be another matchup that's really interesting. Yeah, what do you what do you think it's easier to be a fan of, college sports or pro sports? Um, you know, it depends. Um, if you grow up in a market like ours, like in Chicago or in New York and LA, it's so much easier. Well, LA is different. We'll get to LA in a second. If you grow up in a big market with a major pro team, it's so much easier to become a pro sports fan because it's all right here for you. But like, mm-hmm. if you live in a middle market, if you live you know, downstate or in an area where there isn't a big metropolitan city, it's so much easier to become a college fan because what what happens is whoever is on TV in your region, like that becomes your team. Like, like people down when I was in school, a lot of Kentucky fans, because that's who was on TV, you know, your game of the week. You know, go down there. If you go a little east to Indiana, there there's a lot of Ohio. I remember meeting like a lot of Ohio State fans because oh, we're we're south or in the south part of Indiana, but we somehow got lumped into the Ohio State coverage. And like you're a fan of what you see in front of you, especially when you're growing up. So the only difference is L.A., where it's it's a transplant city. Everyone yeah. comes from different areas, and really like the teams that they rally around are the Dodgers, the Lakers, UCLA football, and USC football when they're good. That's yeah. the only market where the, the college teams, when they're good, out, out draw the pro teams. And that's only on, on the football side. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely something. I think that the exposure to it, obviously, is just the key thing. I mean, if even if you look at it, you take it pro side and look at the Cubs being on WGN, you know, that's why they have so many uh, fans across the country. Yeah. And it's just going to be what's what's available to you, and you're going to become that. You know, the, I, I'm an unreasonable fan of of uh, Florida Gator uh, football, and why is that? It's because when I started uh, really paying attention to college football, it was during the height of Tim Tebow. He was on all the time. I was like, I want to watch all these games, and then all of a sudden, now, and now even to to this day, I'm. You know, I have my Florida Gator apparel everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I support this team, rah, rah. But do I have really any any <laughs> affiliation to them whatsoever? No, I have nothing. And I, mean, I, was, I was the same way uh, growing up uh, in, in the fall. It was I liked I liked college football before I liked the NFL. I liked University of Michigan football before I like I really loved the okay. Bears. Because yeah. I love the fight song. The helmets looked cool. There's 100,000 people in that stadium. And yeah. Charles Woodson was awesome. A guy who could who could make plays on both sides of the ball as a cornerback and a wide receiver. Like, that guy was a star in my eyes. I mean, obviously, he had a pretty pretty damn near a Hall of Fame career. If he's not in the Hall of Fame when he's first be. eligible, I'll riot. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> And, and in, in the spring, North Carolina was always on. Also, that's where Michael Jordan went to school. So I'm just like, oh, well, Michael Jordan went to there. I'm rooting for them. And then... You know, you've got Vince Carter and Jerry Stackhouse and like those guys were dunking on everyone. Like, how can you not if you're my age, how can you not love North Carolina basketball? And I have, I have neighbors who are from North Carolina and, and they're just like the nicest people. Yeah. So like, how could I not? Yeah, that well, and that's probably what it's easier for co- for college sports. It's easier to become a fan of a random one than it yeah. is probably for a pro sport one, because, yes, there's more. But but also, I, I think it's just if you're from a place, whatever's closest to you, uh, geographically is pro sports related, and then exposure is probably college sports related. 
it's you know all about where you are then you're then if you're in chicago or in the chicagoland area or illinois chances are you're gonna be uh you know a bears fan but it if you're in illinois you might be any number of you know college sports fans you don't you're not gonna be i don't there's not a ton it's not like there's a ton or endless amount of u of i fans (laughs) you know there's gonna you're gonna run into a really wide range so yeah I, i think that's interesting it's just it's just uh and i'll be interested to see where both of them go but this is this probably brings me to my next point actually relating college sports to pro sports the idea of are we seeing what is so appealing in college sports somewhat translating into pro sports obviously i think all nba and nfl are becoming younger in a lot of ways uh a lot of the big veteran guys and especially the uh, nfl you know a lot of them are are on their last legs i mean you look at tom brady he might play till he's freaking 80 who knows but ben roethlisberger you know he just goes down breeze is almost done river philip rivers is almost done you're kind of getting this new wave going right now for the nfl and I don't think that's going to necessarily these young guys are going to turn into the old guys because the, the league is different now. People are retiring younger, that kind of thing. But you're just getting some of the appeal of players moving around, players uh, wanting to, you know, just kind of live it up while they're young like they do in college. You're getting that now in pro sports, which I think is really interesting and why we have that conversation first about the difference, because now they're becoming more alike than ever, I feel like. Yeah, so... <laughs> And that was going to be that was going to be maybe one of my next points is that the transition moving forward is that fans are becoming fans of players and not teams. Yeah. And they're doing it at such a younger age. And that's why I think we're starting to see the college aspect kind of bleed into the the pro aspect. I mean, we talked about it before we started recording. We've seen a, a remarkable shift in, you know, player. Really, it's a player run league. You've seen the NBA guys orchestrate trades uh, out of situations. We're starting to see NFL guys do it. Um, the, the whole the landscape is is constantly change is more constantly changing now than ever before. We used to have a pretty stable landscape for sports, especially on the transactions end. You know, you knew in you know in early spring that you'd have your football free agents, right, and you'd have your draft. And in basketball in July, you, you'd have your player movement. Now it's just like player movement can happen anywhere at any time with anyone. Like there are really virtually no untouchables. Yeah. And college is the thing is you're seeing you were talking about this player run league for the NBA and the NFL. But it's. Now, you know, the NCAA is going to be they're going to fight it as much as they can, because that's what the NCAA does. But the NCAA is becoming a player run league almost because of the way that these, you know, young stars are, are, are getting the attention that they're getting. But also the transfer portal that came up, you know, just this, yeah. these, this past year, uh, the big situation with, with players just being like, all right, I'm not getting what I want here. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and they're making their own decisions now. And. It, it all goes back to the, the player empowerment. It doesn't matter what uh, what sport you're in. These players are getting so they're, they're getting uh, they're getting one so much attention, but also so much power now. And I think it's I don't know what it what it is that really flipped this switch of players realizing that, hey, we're where what gives people the uh, you know, gives people even the money that they that are bringing in. And it, it's like the other day when uh, on the Bleacher Nation uh, Bulls Twitter account. I tweeted out that video of Michael Jordan, who that's what it was. Yeah, during his that, that quote, that his quote on 
you know, organizations win championships and yeah, yeah <laughs> give them credit for bringing this together. But you know, it was it's the players that it's the players' speech really rang true to a lot of guys who you know a lot of dudes still chase that Jordan shadow. I say, like, hey, that guy's got an old man's got a point there. Yeah, it, it it's just it's funny to see how much since that remark ten years ago, we've seen in both it doesn't matter the sport again we're just talking about basketball football here but both those sports how much it's changed and it's especially over these past two years i'd say uh really seeing an even greater switch of you know whether it be Kawhi leonard making his own decisions or you know odell beckham jr recently pushing his way out of uh out of the giants but i guess this is the question i'll ask you now how do you think it's it's being handled by these players because i think is there necessarily because this is going to become, I think, an issue as this goes on more and more. Uh, what's the appropriate way to handle this if you don't want to be there? I think the NCAA with the transfer portal thing, uh, that is a reasonable way because you say, you know, the player's like, I'm going to enter this and then I'm gone. Uh, the only problem is the NCAA has uh, terrible eligibility rules, but yeah. that's a whole other discussion. But they at least have something like, here's the transfer portal. If you want to leave where you're going, you put your name in that. In the NBA, is it, or even in the NFL, is it going to become a thing where you should just push your way out from somewhere? Like, if you don't want to be there, you just sit out and you don't do anything? You know, do you just go do what Le'Veon Bell did or do you do what Quiet Leonard did? Like, is that is that the right move? I think in, in co- college is going to have, the colleges are going to have the biggest challenge because sometimes, like, these kids, you know, man, they're, they're children. They're, they're really young. They're 18-year-old kids. Yeah. Sometimes they don't have their best long-term interests when they, in mind, when they hop into the transfer portal. It's like, yeah, you're not getting what you want right now, but there are some situations that maybe you should see through and and talk through. But also, coaches, coaches will tell you anything to get you to sign that that you know letter of intent. So it goes both ways because I've seen people like, oh, well, you know, kids just back out of commitment because it's these millennials. But also, you know, and, and people don't realize this, and it, it gets brought up once in a while, but people don't realize that an NCAA coach can pull your scholarship at any time for any reason. Yeah. They, can, they cannot renew it, and that leaves kids in a bind. That leaves kids doing what whatever it takes just to, st- just to keep that scholarship, and it, it complicates matters. So it goes both ways. At the professional level, I think what we'll start seeing is shorter contracts because yeah. teams aren't going to want to be at risk of trading a guy and be stuck with a bunch of money or or cap issues or, or inflexibility. So you might see some, some increase in cap. You might see some new cap rules in the NBA and NFL. But uh, I think there will be a change because players are going to – they're going to continue to push this envelope until it can go no further. Yeah, and, and I think that's what this whole point being, this whole discussion really in general about college and and pro sports is goes back to that idea of just showing how similar all these sports are right now, like sports as a whole. I mean, it hasn't. There used to be each league has their own issues, and while that's that's true in a lot of ways, uh, you're you're seeing. I would say more similarities between players in each league and each sport than ever before with, you know, because players are now paying attention, you know, NBA players are paying attention to that MLB money 
you know, <laughs> and, uh, and and uh, NFL players are paying attention to the money people are getting in the NBA. And, you know, I, I think you got in a lot of ways, a lot of ways they have to understand that their, their sports just different. It is what it is. But there's more unity between all of these athletes than we've ever seen before. Again, this is like a broader discussion. There's a lot of reasons for that. But I just think that topic as a whole is, is very interesting. And what we're laying out here and discussing here, I think, are the reasons why this has happened, which over the years has just been each sport has had their own things. Each sport has had their, you know, several players that have stood up to make a difference or these different player empowerment moments. And it brings everybody a little bit closer together. And uh, because of the connections uh, online and everyone doing all these other camps, everyone's paying attention to one to, to each other. Yeah, and I mean, you have, you know, Zion Williamson going to hang out with Drew Brees and throw a football around. You have, you know, and it's not like that didn't happen before, but it's just that's happening more often now. You know, like CJ McCollum was at the Jets-Browns game last night. You know, he's in Portland. Like, <laughs> the guy's not, you know, the guy's not in New York regularly. Like, it, or it's not like that's where, you know, he plays plays the game. He just went to, you know, he went to the Jets-Browns game. So the it's just, it's cool to see, but at the same time, it brings up so many other discussions and questions and and topics that are going to be really interesting for the future of of all these pro sports, uh, especially NBA and the NFL. The MLB is like I think the MLB is probably a pretty separate entity in all of this. <laughs> yeah, it is. Is there any more 2019 moment than realizing that a guy on the Portland Trailblazers watched the Cleveland Browns and New York Jets play on Monday Night Football, like? That's so, that's like, so 2019. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's very, it it just. Very on brand. Yeah, it just, it's very, yeah, it's very on brand for what's going on right now. All right, but I want, now I want to, I want to move on. I want to play, this is a game I I played with Michael the first time around. Did well. You know how you could track, like, uh, where people listen to in your podcast and stuff? Mm -hmm. And this was easily the most listened to portion of the podcast. So uh, there's some, uh, there's some pressure on you right there. All right. No no, no pressure. (laughs) But this is a, a game I played with Michael. I like to play it almost every time. It's called uh, What Would It Cost? And uh, What Would It Cost is is just where I'm going to ask you a couple questions. You're going to tell me uh, how much someone would have to pay you to do this. Right? Okay. So it's easy. You can come up with any number that you want. Also, negotiations are on the table. Uh, me and Michael negotiated many things. But uh, And also, if you during this have any uh, have any ones that you want to pose to me, go for it. You know, this is an open book. We can talk about whatever. Uh, All right. If you were, how much would it cost for you to only be able to talk once a month? As in like speak or text? No, like speak. So you could text all you want, but this is speak. So you could only speak once a month. There's like one day a month, like the 15th of every month, you're allowed to speak. How how long does this have to go? Um... Well, let's start with the rest of your life. Oh, for the rest of my life, I want millions. I want. I might want billions. You want, you want billions. All right. Well, also, yeah, because talking. I'm is not allowed to speak. Like I, I do a TV show. That's what I was gonna say. You're relatively important to your job. I do All a right. TV show. I do radio stuff. I've done. I've done other appearances. That's gonna be hard. And like you could, uh, you know, if you were, if I wanted you on this podcast, and let's say it wasn't the fifteenth, then you could, uh, you know, you could just type, uh, you could type on like Siri or something. Ah, uh, that's not the same. I can't talk to people. What if I see a pretty girl at the bar? Okay, fair that, enough. That's problematic. Well, no, that could be a great like uh, icebreaker. You know, you walk up, you're like, I'm only allowed to talk on the fifteenth. 
but you say it through. She might like that. Yeah, exactly right. Like, <laughs> and you know, it, would be, it could be. I could see that as like a romantic comedy. Someone's only allowed to talk on the fifteenth. Yeah. You know, they. I you know, like they came up with a movie here. I think we did too. I, you just you, you always have to talk through, through texting back to one another. Uh, and then on the fifteenth, it's always a romantic day. And then on the fifteenth, you ask her to marry. How much would you pay to make that movie happen? <laughs> well, okay, so. Am I? Do I get to direct it? Like, am I involved? It's it's what it's whatever you want it to be. Like, what 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 do you do? You want to star in the movie? Do you want to throw a bunch of money at like I don't know, what's his face, Judd Apatow or Aaron Sorkin? Like, here, dude, here's my idea. Write it, make it a movie, make me great. Get me get me a cast. Get me Brad Pitt. All of it. Yeah. Okay. So if I got attention for doing it. Like, maybe, because then maybe more people listen to this podcast. Maybe more people follow me on Twitter, you know? Like, maybe, uh, you know, maybe more people read my work at, at BM Bowls. Because, obviously, during this, I'm still staying with BM Bowls. Um, and <laughs> I, I, th- I would pay quite a bit, I think, if, if, I, could, if I could write a movie and, uh, and have it, like, performed by any director that I want. You know, I'd probably be willing to take out a loan and drop, like... I don't know. I mean, what? That's got well. A movie costs hundreds of millions of dollars, depending right. on the movie you're making. So, do I have to pay for the whole movie, or do I get people to help me? Oh, you'd get people. I mean, you're paying to make this project start. You're, 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 this is basically a Kickstarter. Okay, then you know, I feel like I could get it. You could get it started with a with maybe like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's a fair price. Okay, so that's probably what I would do. I get it started with like a hundred thousand dollars, and then if I knew that it was gonna make me over at least a hundred thousand dollars, then it's worth it. I mean, I got my name on something. I don't even. It could be like one of those horrible Netflix movies. I don't care if people watch them. Oh yeah, yeah they do. I could be the next uh, the what's that guy? Noah Centineo guy. Next one. What would it cost for you to uh, always be on video? Always be on video. Yeah, it's like a Big Brother situation. Although I'll give you this, like if you're going to the bathroom or something, like you can, you know, like it's. Uh... Yeah, I get my privacy. So like, um, so like I watch. You mentioned Big Brother. I watch like Are You the One on MTV, and it's basically watching, what, sixteen singles, trying to find their match. Like it would be like that. Yeah, sure. Uh, like 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 MTV Real World stuff. Um. Yeah, or like you know, I, I guess technically like a like a, uh, Bachelor in Paradise situation as well. Yeah, uh, it would take, well, okay, it would take at least a million dollars, it'd take at least $50,000, which is like what each prize, each participant wins after the, after the show's over. So anywhere okay. between 50000 you know what, it'd probably cost, I mean, if it's for a year, I want at least five hundred k. If it's for longer than that, then I want millions. Okay. All right, I feel like 500000 for a year is a good... Because that's 365 days a year of everything you do being on video. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a valued employee and and, and, a, and a popular <laughs> member of the community. Yeah, my time is money, people. All right, that's her. That's that's good. Uh, all right, giving up Twitter or our social media for uh for forever. Ooh, well, okay. How does that work with my job though? Well, you're still you're still writing. No, yeah, you're still writing. I mean, uh, being bears exists, but uh, Brett tweets from it. Oh man, 
You know what happens when Brett tweets from the And we know what happens when Brett tweets from That's going to be in the millions, too, because you can't silence my voice like that. Well, one, freedom of speech. And two, I mean, two, this is like your livelihood. So yeah. you got to have I feel like if this if you're giving a this is this is your livelihood, uh, and you're getting technically paid to to in, in large part be active over social media, then uh, I feel like you need to at least be getting like, you know, enough money to be comfortable for the rest of your life. I need le- I need legit millions because like between Twitter, Facebook, I mean I mean Twitter DMs like I got like DM groups that like you know <laughs> of people that I met online who are like actual friends now like that's that's a big part of modern friendship is is everyone's so interconnected via the online experience it, it, it would i would be willing to do this i'll say this i'd be willing to do this because if you told me hey you wouldn't have to interact with some of the facebook commenters anymore some of the twitter commenters anymore man i would be happy to do that some of those people don't deserve my time and energy <laughs> but it's the other people like the people that i like talking to like I gotta get phone numbers and yeah, getting phone numbers just, sucks. It's just, especially when you just talk online all the time. It's just like you're right here. I don't need your phone number. Also, I don't want to bother people, you know, in their personal time. Like a phone is like a personal. A phone call is a personal space. A text message is a personal space. I can leave something in an email or a direct message and not worry about it. They'll, they'll get to it when they get to it. But like, if I'm texting you or if I'm calling you, like, get to it now. Because yeah. I want that immediate satisfaction. Yeah. So it, so it would be tough. You need millions of dollars. Yeah. Okay. Last one. How much would it cost for you to be... Well, actually, you might want to do this. Let me think about this. This, this, might, this would be like a good publicity thing. I was going to tie in something like being on The Bachelor or whatever. But... Uh, yeah, sign me up. What do I sign up for that? Yeah, but I was going to say you wouldn't have to pay to do that. Uh, well, what if you were on... The, would you want to be on The Bachelorette? Like, where you had to be with all those guys? No, because I, I would probably throw hands. And, like, I'm not a violent person, but I see these dudes on TV, and I'm like, all of you people are jerks. None of you really respect women. You all deserve to be single for the rest of your life. Yeah. Man. I may, Maybe I would pay to do that. And like, all right, let me knuckle up with some of these knuckleheads. And yeah, okay. If you could, right, how much would you, would you pay to just beat the – how about well, any TV show you're watching? And you just hate the guy. How much would you pay to like have that person poof show up in your room? You could beat the crap out of him. Oh man, I, I'd pay. I'd pay like five k. <laughs> and they can't fight back. They it's can't fight like back. I'm just, back. T- I'm just gonna take a two by four that that I have in the garage and just bludgeon you to death for being an awful person and for being on TV for being an awful person. Yeah, because they're getting paid for that. Yeah, they're getting paid to be awful. You're you're being rewarded to be an get- awful person. But well, then now I guess you yeah you're not getting paid to, you're 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 paying to beat the crap out of them. But all right, I'd gladly I, I would gladly do that. So like if it was like a subscription based company and you could pay like I don't know a hundred bucks a month, that would be cheap. Oh yeah, to to smack around my least favorite people on TV, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, maybe that, that's another. We came up with a movie. Now we should come up with a subscription company instead of obviously we can't get the actual people or those people can sign up. And then we, with our subscription money, we pay those people to get beaten up. Or we have, like, cardboard cutouts of them that we ship people. Man, we could – you'd see that's, that's where the money is. We, we do the cardboard cutouts 
Or I guess we could, in theory, do it for charity. Be like, okay, oh, we're going to put you point. in a dunk tank with piranhas. Well, you know how much these people want their Instagram followers and everything. So I feel like, you know, these, these people that are on TV that are jerks, they all have big social media followings. And they probably want more. So if we could just say that, you know, it's a charity event, and they, they, that's going to look good on them, they think. And then the charity event is just, you know, uh, harming them. Yeah, that's, that's a concept. Man, right, we came we're up gonna with a TV show and a movie today. Today's been productive. Yeah, this is great. This is going really, really well. Although anything we do, uh, uh, Brett's gonna have to be involved. Oh, that's right. Everything belongs to the company. Everything belongs to the company. Okay, uh, that ends that great segment. Awesome, a lot of fun. Always that fun. was fun. Uh, <laughs> some good, some good answers there, and we have two great. If anyone, by the way, out there takes our ideas for uh, a, a movie or whatever, we have now audio proof here. Uh, of this was our creative idea. What was that? What are like? What is that called again? You have your uh, creative, creative property. Yeah, creative property. There you go. Also, so. if you take our idea, we're throwing you in the lake. No questions asked. Yeah. Hear that, Michael? You're going in the lake again. <laughs> Michael's our coworker. Jumped in the lake for a Cubs game. Whatever. Uh, I don't know how many people know anything who listens to this. I don't know. <laughs> how many people don't don't. Even oh no! Care. Everyone knows about the guy who, who told Twitter he jumped in the lake if Ian Happ hit a home run. That's sure, like his, yeah. it's playing the fame. He's on the video board in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, you're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're a huge Star Wars fan. I am. If you uh, if you meet you for five minutes, I feel like that'll come out. And uh, you have a, a lot of your gifts Star Wars related. Uh, you're also a big Simpsons fan, but that's uh, we 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 won't get into that right now because I don't know. I personally don't know the Simpsons as well. So don't get angry at me. But this is Star Wars. Uh, I, I feel like this is a good time to just definitively rank them. Are we ranking them by, like, like my favorite or the best? Well, I mean, then you could say your favorite. I don't know how much those do. I'd be interested to see how much those do differ. But, so but first, my let's My best go. is the favorite. Okay, the then yeah. Favorite. And it's Return of the Jedi, um, Episode Six. It's, it's the best Star Wars movie of them all. It's basically three different movies in one. You have the redemption story of Luke, the battle for galactic human rights. You have, uh, what's the third part? You've got, you've got the redemption of, of Anakin Skywalker. Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> you have it all. You have three different movies in one. And John Williams' score is amazing, and it ties it all together. It's, it's the best of the best. Uh, next comes... Empire Strikes Back, which everyone thinks is the best, and yeah, I, I respect your opinion, and your opinion's wrong, but Empire <laughs> Strikes Back is awesome because you kind of start feeling for the bad guy a little bit. He's being pushed around by this hologram giant, and he's in this suit because, like, ugh, like why is he in this suit again? I mean, you learned that in, in episode three, but, like, this man clearly ha- has, uh, has issues that go beyond him just being a bad guy. He's a bad guy because a lot of bad things happened to him when he was younger and he was flamed almost to death. And because uh, his his wife died because he was he was evil. He, the, the man's and he's got mother issues. <laughs> the that. man's got some, the man's got some problems. Yeah, the man's got some problems. Like in in episode three or in episode four, it's just like oh, Darth Vader's just a bad guy. But yeah. like episode five, you realize. This guy's got some things that are pulling at his heartstrings. Like, in the scene after the Millennium Falcon gets the hyperdrive back and it speeds away from 
Vader's Star Destroyer rather than Vader like being pissed off and and force choking some generals around him. He just walks away because he's so sad. He's like, I finally connect with the son that I didn't know that I had, and now he's gone just like that. Yeah. So it's a heart-wrenching moment. So then <laughs> after five, I go uh, episode three, Revenge of the Sith. It's the best of the prequels. Um, yeah, for sure. Musically, the, 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 the fight scene between Anakin and Obi-Wan, Ewan McGregor's great. Uh, after that, uh, episode episode four kicks it all off. Um, then, we'll, then we'll go with... Ooh, I, I forgot to put... Um, are you one of those uh, not high on Force Awakens? Oh, I like Force Awakens, but I need to put the other movie, Rogue One. Rogue One probably, man, I liked Rogue One a lot. I think Rogue One made me, watching Rogue One made me feel the same way I felt after watching Star Wars uh, A New Hope. So, like, those two are kind of interchangeable for me. Yeah. Um, so, after A New Hope and Rogue One, then we go with The Force Awakens, which ha- which I like because it has elements of all the Star Wars in it. It kind of ties it all together with a new story. I know Brett, Brett likes to call it a remake, but he's wrong about that, too. Um, then it's Phantom Menace, and the last one is Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones has, like, a handful of good scenes. Um, the fight, um, you know, the, the battle between the droids and the Jedi, the Samuel L. Jackson uh, decapitating Jango Fett and like pimping it, like that's pretty awesome. That's one of my favorite scenes in, in <laughs> Star Wars history. Um, awkward Anakin who has no idea how to talk to women is is great. Um, I mean they could they could they could have done so much more with that and build up just the awkwardness because that's that's what he was. He was an awkward teenager who, who had feelings for an older woman. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, we all we all hit you know we all hit that point. So yeah, and and solo is to to be determined. Okay. The last yes. Jedi remains unranked for me because it it never felt like a Star Wars movie. Fair. I I think Rise of Skywalker hopefully brings it back. Yeah, I think I think it will, and based on the stuff that I've read and heard, I think it will. It's just man, I I just want there and there were so many really good aspects of the Last Jedi, but that they were never brought together. Like it made it feel like a disjointed movie. It never felt like a Star Wars movie. Yeah, yeah. If oh, here's save for the you... scene, save for the throne room scene where where Ray and Kylo Ren are fighting together. That was insane. The only time, and Luke's return, obviously. Those are the two moments where it's just like, ah, yes, it, it's a Star Wars movie. Yeah, that uh, that that fight scene was insane. That was it was. I just remember freaking out in the theater. Uh. Okay, but here's here, here's a question: If you had to, uh, if you had to create your own series, what what's like your ideal series of movies? Like obviously Star Wars, it. But now you have to think of an original idea. You have to create your own. Is there a mixture of two things you'd love to put in? Like what what is out there that you that you're craving that's not out there yet? Ooh, that's a really good question. How about a series of 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 really good baseball movies? Like, okay. the, so movie, like... the movie that tells the story of how the 2016 Cubs won it. Like, I want the drama of Jason Hayward's speech. I want yeah. the 
I want the comeuppance of, hey, like, did these guys, like, kind of turn on Joe Madden here? Um, I want the Addison Russell drama as a distraction. Like, you know, like, what, like, what's the sidebar here? Like, I would love that in a movie. Like, I don't want cheesy baseball movie, but I want, I want like Moneyball yeah. with the 2016 Cubs. And you, okay, but it, could that be like a trilogy? Could that be stretched out? The first part would be how the Cubs ended up with Theo Epstein, because that's movie-like okay. in itself. Gotcha, yeah. Um, following Theo's scouting as he, like, found players. and like some That's of the like a whole movie within that, itself. Right. Some of the personal stuff that, that he was going through. You could follow Starling Castro's issues and, and his, his rise and fall. That could be part of it. Yeah, that's okay. That's I, I, I could storylines. I could definitely see that. Uh, that being a good. I I could see that being also like a good. Uh, like a good streaming service. Uh, series to pick up. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that would be a smart one. I feel like if I had to do one, I just want a. Uh, and this will go non. This will go non-sports related. I'm thinking like a a trilogy of movies that's like in the super bad genre. So, like, that That coming of age, but you're really following them through a couple movies, you know? Like, maybe it's, like, doing uh, the Hangover trilogy. Like American Pie, but better? Yeah, like American Pie, but better. A little smarter comedy, I'd say. And you have that, like, uh, you have that Hangover vibe with the same, like, you have that same, like, duo or trio and everything. Yeah. But it's better than what the Hangover did horribly after the first one. So it's better than that. So it's like that mix of like Hangover, Super Bad, American Pie, lump it together and get me a uh, get me like a three uh, a, a three movie package of that and watch and also lightsabers. Yeah, and you add a couple of lightsabers in there, just for fun. Yeah, I think the second movie could be like uh, you know maybe maybe they head up in space or something. Jason Biggs and Seth Rogen <laughs> out with star with, with lightsabers over Prime Era Terry Reid. Done. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you take one person from each movie, so you throw like Bradley Cooper in there too. Yeah. So I, I I'd watch it or as a romantic comedy Darth Sidious plays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Or or just like why don't we have a romantic comedy Star Wars movie? Well, that's what Star Wars kind of is. Well, it was with Han and and Leia. For sure. But I'm talking like we need we need a we need one to just go really off the wall just full-blown romantic just comedy into it yeah just like you're fully watch- you're yeah you're fully uh you're fully binded to the fact that you're a romantic comedy yeah yeah all right i watched that watch all right well that's all that's all i have really on the agenda so you know i i, I we, we, we went a over a lot of yeah we covered a lot of ground we had a we had a, a lot of topics uh, I love having a list and then seeing where it goes off of that and we uh, especially at the beginning here it was fun to get into the topic that we uh discussed about the player movement, all that stuff. Uh, so it, it was a good time. And uh, maybe next time, now, well, actually, next time on the show, I think I'm uh, I'm going to have uh, Brett now. So I'll have my boss on. So it'll be, we'll really knock out all of the uh, work, <laughs> the work of mates here. And then I'll go maybe branch out a little bit more. But I appreciate you coming out and being the, the second guest on here and uh, just having a fun conversation with me. Thanks for having me on. This was fun. I had no idea what to expect. And it was, uh, it was a treat. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That's the thing. I, I, everyone, I know it's this is relatively new. I've talked about it before. I just want it to be kind of literally what what I would do sitting at the bar having a conversation. And uh, 
you know, this, I feel like that's what this was in a fun way. And uh, I hope people enjoy it. If they don't, though, I enjoyed it. So that's all that matters. If they don't enjoy it, then they don't enjoy anything. There you go. Love to hear it. All right. That's it. 